So we've already prayed. And I thank you, God, that greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. I want to first go to Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Kids, go with, with uh, John is signaling you. Come on out. This really ministered to me this week, and I actually posted it on my um, on Facebook last week, I think. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quietness for your souls. I'm going to read this again. He says, number one, we've got to come to him. You know, that's, that's the biggest mistake most of us, we try to fix this thing ourselves. We're talking about the lady um, whose sons were going to be sold. And the prophet asked her, what do you have? And she said, I have a little oil. And that showed me that she had sold everything else she had, and all she had in her house was a little oil. And he said, go get, go get pots and not a few. In other words, get them all. And then she shut the door behind her, and um, God filled every one of those pots. And I shared, she probably should have gone to the prophet first and talked to him about it when she first heard about this, but so many times we try to work it out ourselves. Amen. So come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls, your mind, will, emotion, and intellect. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to be born. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. So let's look at Joshua 1, 6 through 18. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this today. I'll be very honest with you. We are on now, right? I think uh, when I read the book of Joshua, I get excited. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' minister, I'm reading out of the Amplified, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, take his place, 
and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving to them, the Israelites. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given to you as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon to the great river Euphrates and the land of the Hittites, Canaanite, and the great Mediterranean Sea, on the west shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. There's a couple things that stand out here to me. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. That's for us today. I will not fail you nor forsake you, and no man shall be able to stand before you. When we put our trust in God, we have a covenant with God. We have a blood covenant with, with God. And like my friend said, the, the drop of blood on Jesus, she's, she's, he said, you're covered. You're covered with my blood. You're, you're covered. I can't remember exactly how she put it. You're covered in, in my blood. You're safe. He said, you're safe to her. And that was such a relief. And so he says, be strong, confident, and of good courage. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. So he's saying that the word must be, it cannot depart out of our mouths. We need to speak it forth continually. In other words, you don't want to lose it. You shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, then you shall deal wisely and have good success. In this time that we live in, for the believer right now, everything that the enemy can try to throw at you to get you off track is being thrown out there. It just reminds me kind of like a, a bowling alley and um, the pins, you know, I, can you imagine if the pins, if you were bowling and the pins started ducking from the ball? God's promising, have I not commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now I'm going to paraphrase being dismayed. Dismay is something that you think could happen. You know, you hear something and, and the enemy is very good about making sure that you hear every negative thing that could possibly happen in a circumstance, in a situation to you. And he does everything he can to make it look like 
God is not going to come through for you this time. And that's why we have to stand, having done all to stand, stand there for it, no matter what it looks like, no matter what anybody says to you. And tell me, and t trust me, they will say things to you that you're going to have to build yourself up in, in the most holy faith. The Bible says praying in the Holy Ghost, amen? Taking the word and then praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay, but we're moving on here. Have I not commanded you, be strong, vigorous, very courageous, be not afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go? Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions. This is what the Lord is saying us, to us in this hour. Prepare, 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 prepare your provisions. For within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go in and take possession of the land. Are you prepared to take possession of the land? Have you prepared yourself to go forth and take possession of whatever circumstance or situation that you're in or that, that, that you find yourself placed in at work or at home or, your, or, or whatever? Have you prepared yourself to go forth and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you to possess. We have promises that God has given us and they've already been paid for by Jesus Christ. All we have to do is possess them. But we must prepare ourselves and see ourselves as more than conquerors and possessors of all the blessings that have been promised to us. You notice he told him, be strong, verse, verse 7, and very courageous. He said, meditate on my word day and night. Be strong, vigorous, very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. The same thing goes for us today. Hallelujah. Pass through the camp, command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you shall pass over. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of the Manasseh, and Joshua said, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded to you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you and these two and a half tribes a place of rest and will give you this land east of the Jordan. Your wives and your little ones and your cattle shall dwell in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But all your mighty men of valor shall pass on before your brethren, off your brethren of the tribes, armed and help them possess their land. Until the Lord gives your brethren rest as he has given you and they also possess the land the Lord God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and possess it, the land Moses, the Lord's servant, gave to you on the sunrise side of the Jordan. They answered Joshua and all command, 
all you command us, we will do. And whatever you send us, we will, wherever you send us, we will go. And as we hearken to Moses in all things, so will we hearken to you. Only man, only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and will not hearken to all your command, him shall be put to death only by strong, only be strong, vigorous, and of good courage. How many remember who blew it right off the bat and was put to death? Who was it? He can. They all said, we will do it. We'll be obedient. If we don't, we will, we will be put to death. So he goes in there and, and takes of the spoil. He's disobedient, he does his own thing, and he and his family are put to death because of him. How sad. So we need to learn to be steadfast. Let's look at Joshua 23, 7 and 8. You know, right now, I don't know if you've ever... It's amazing what people are teaching right now. Absolutely amazing to me. I'm not even going to get into it because it's not even worth speaking about. But you need to know what you believe and do and, and, and stay with it. You know, you don't go to the dance with someone and leave with someone else, right? You go with whoever, whoever brought you. Well, we're word people and we need to stay word people. You stay in that line and God's going to bless you. Amen? Joshua 23, 7 and 8. Why in the world that Achan would go ahead and get in there and do that is beyond me. Just, just beyond me. But he did. And he paid. 23, 7 and 8. Let's go up one. Well, let's, let's look at this. This is really good. It's what the Lord says he'll do for us. Hallelujah. Some of you have situations at work. Some of you have situations that are going on, and, and you go, wow, God, what are you going to do about it? Well, let's see what he says he promises to do about it. A long time, I'm going to start with verse 1. A long time after that, when the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies round and about, and Joshua had grown old and advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, their leaders, heads, judges, and officers, and said to them, I am old and advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought before you. Behold, I have allotted to you, to you an inheritance for your tribes, the nations and that remain. With all the nations I have cut off from the Jordan to the great sea of the west. The Lord your God will thrust them out from before you and drive them out of your sight. And you shall possess the land as the Lord your God promised you. So be very courageous and steadfast to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law that Moses 
turning not aside from it to the right hand or the left, that you may not mix with these nations that remain among you, or make mention of the names of their gods, or swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them, but cling to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. So here he's telling them, telling them what they need to do. He says, I'm old now. This is what you need to do. And notice what he says again. Be not. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. Over and over again, they were told this. I lost my place, sorry. Let's move on. So he's telling, he, he's telling them, you've got to be steadfast. You've got, you've got to know what you believe. Be steadfast. I like Proverbs 4, 20 and on to the end where it says, do not turn to the left or to the right, but keep heading straight on. No matter what it looks like. Job 11, 14 and 15. You know, human nature wants to take shortcuts. How many know that? In God's word, there is not a shortcut. There's God's timing for everything. When he says move, move. When he says do this, do it. When he says do that, do it. Don't, don't, hang, don't drag back and, and hang back. Do it. We've got to be on time with the Lord. The Lord is on time. He means what he says and he says what he means. Job eleven fourteen. Oh, that's <laughs> verse verse thirteen. If you set your heart aright and stretch out your hands to God, if you put sin out of your hand and far away from you, and let not evil dwell in your tents, then you can lift your face to him without stain of sin. And unashamed, yes, you shall be steadfast and secure. You shall have no fear. What's he saying to do here? If you set your heart aright, stretch out your hand to God, put sin out of your hand and far away from you, and let not evil dwell in your tents. Don't let evil dwell in your house. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Are you in strife? You know, the Bible says where there's strife, there's every evil work. Not dwell in your tents. Your tents are your houses, okay? Then you can lift up your face to him without stain or sin and unashamed. Yes, you shall be steadfast and secure, for you shall not fear. Hallelujah. He's saying if you'll do this, you will not have fear in your life. You know, I've noticed in my life when fear, when, when fear tries to dig in, it's when I'm not being obedient to something God has told me to do. Or I've become complacent maybe or maybe double-minded in something. That's why we need to keep our mind straight on what we believe and keep our... Selves built up in the word of God 
in every circumstance and situation that we are, we're going through and that we see possibly that we might be going through down the line, trust me, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what's coming your way. But human nature, when things are coming, when you're going through a circumstance and situation, the carnal self, the carnal mind, human nature, the flesh, wants to, instead of getting, digging deep in the Word of God, it wants to just, I hate to put it this way, but our mind, our will, emotion, our intellect wants to just kind of take a rest. Well, I'll go play a video game, or I'm going to go and just take off in my car, or I'm going to go do whatever else besides digging into the Word of God. Amen? You all know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, let's just go watch a TV show, then I don't have to deal with it. Okay. Thanks for the amens. <laughs> 11 and four, 14 and 15. I'm going to read that in the King James. If iniquity be in thy hand, put it far away. Let not wickedness dwell in your tabernacles. For then shall thou lift up thy face without spot, yea, thou shalt be steadfast and not fear. Iniquity. This is what it means in this instance. Falseness, falsehood, idol, idolatry. Wickedness, trouble that moves onward to wickedness. Emptiness, which results in idolatry. The planning expression of deception, whoa. The consequences to sin, the rebellion, transgression, to distort, to ruin, to harm. I'm going to read it again. Falseness, falsehood, idolatry, idol, wickedness, trouble that moves onward to wickedness, emptiness, which results in idolatry. The planning expression of deception, the consequences to sin, the rebellion, transgression, to distort, ruin, and harm. Now, I realize that you have heard other people teach on iniquity in other areas. Pastor looked this up, and he, he wrote this out for me this morning. So, if we look at this, he said... If thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thine hands towards him, if iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot, yea, thou shalt be steadfast and shall not fear. 
You might want to really read that and do a study on that. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You know, we look around the world today and it's, it's amazing. Sometimes I sit and I think, God, how can you, how can you stand looking down at all this? Seriously, what he has to look down at, because he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. Thank God we serve a God of love, amen? Steadfastness. 1 Corinthians 15, 8. Are you steadfast? You know, when you go through something and, and maybe you've been in an accident and you've received an injury and, and um, you think that, oh, this is not going to take that long, and sometimes it does. You keep re-injuring it and you keep re-injuring it. And you have a tendency to want to just, you know, I've heard people just say to me, I just want to give up, just give up. But we can't. We have to stay steadfast in the Word of God. We have to keep reading the Scriptures daily. You know, and then people say things, well, you read them, what, you know, why isn't there a change? Well, nobody knows what's going on inside that person. They don't know what change there is in that person going on. And it's amazing to me that we, see, we look on the outside, but God looks on the inside. And, you know, we have a friend that I've shared about his wife had a heart attack and then ended up in a coma. And this is the eighth week. And it's little bitty things, little tiny things. So these are pastors that she is doing that daily, something little, not, not huge, but little is taking place. And this is someone that the doctors wanted him to pull the plug completely. And he said, no, would you do this to your wife? And the doctor looked down, looked back up and said, no. But it's the little things that are taking place that maybe you don't even recognize until one day it's not there any longer. Amen. The word is working mightily in us. Hallelujah. He's telling us to be steadfast and not allow iniquities to get involved, get into our hearts. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Sounds interesting. They're not building anything. <laughs> Therefore, my beloved brethren, brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your labor is not in vain. How many have ever felt like your labor is in vain? Why am I doing this? Nothing's happening. We cannot see what's going on in the spirit realm. We cannot see that when our prayers are being spoken out and prayed out, and we are speaking forth the word of God in prayer, how the enemy is being pushed back. We, can't, we cannot see unless God opens up the spirit realm to us 
and let's, allows us to see exactly what's going on. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. So he's saying here that, Therefore, my bre beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excellent, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing that being continually aware of your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. It's like raising a child. You know, children go through certain stages and different children act differently than others. How many realize that? You can have five kids and every one of them acts differently. So here are parents, they raise them all the same, they take the word of God, but there's always gonna be one of those kids, seemingly, I'm not gonna say always, I render that helpless, that's going to try to push, push the envelope. Are you going to just give up? Are you going to stay steadfast with the rules and continue taking the Word of God, the rod, and doing what the Word of God says to do? We cannot slack off. You say, well, I raised my kids, and then when they got older, they decided to depart from that. Well, the Bible, my Bible says, Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they shall not depart from it. The, en the, the enemy might be trying to destroy their lives, but God is constantly working on them as long as we stay steadfast and we don't give up. You need to take the word of God and, and literally cram it down the enemy's throat in every circumstance and situation that you go through. Did you ever get that book on scriptures that, for raising kids. Good, I'd like to see it. Okay, Galatians 5.1. It's the word that's going to see you through if you're a parent. I'm going to, nothing else. The word <laughs> and discipline and love. Galatians 5.1. You know, some kids don't need to be whipped all the time. You can look at them and <laughs> they stop. I remember when we were in the choir and um, mine would decide they were going to act up out there. And I had this look, and it was a look of keep it up. When we get in the car or we get home, you are dead meat. And they would immediately stop. First, they'd try to do this, you know, when I wasn't looking. And, um, Children think that parents have eyes in the back of their head. We do. God tells us everything. Amen? Galatians 5.1. Steadfastness. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast, be steadfast in this freedom. Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. You have been completely liberated. Why go back? Why go backwards? That's why Paul said, one thing I refuse to do is to look back 
but I press on to the mark of high calling. And this is what he's saying here. Stand fast there and do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to the yoke of slavery which you have once put off. You put it off, don't put it back on. That can be fear. That can be discouragement. That can be self-pity. That can be anger, rebellion, all these things that you put off. You said, you know that song we sang today, I'll never be the same again? <clears throat> you put it off. Don't go back to it. And if you happen to, you have 1 John 1, 9, but turn it around as quickly as you can. Become steadfast. Someone's life is depending on you. Someone's life is depending on your prayers. Someone's life is depending on what you do with the word of God. Amen? You are, you and I might be the only person that someone sees that's going to act like Jesus in their life. What do they see? Yelling at your wife or getting mad? I, I saw somebody the other day, I couldn't believe it. They were beating, shaking their head and beating the steering wheel while they were driving. Seriously, I was like, I don't want to get near that person. <laughs> They're beating their head and beating the steering wheel and shaking their head wildly. Uh, Philippians 1.27. How many have ever seen people out there like that? I, that, I have to say, was an extreme. And that, that was the worst case I, scenario I've seen yet. I've t I talked about not too long ago, wouldn't it be wild to watch an adult throw a fit? Literally lay on the floor and kick and shout and throw a fit. Well, what do you do if someone does that? Get some cold water and throw it on them. I have a friend one time years ago, this is, this is before I was saved, and her daughter liked to throw fits. And I was in the house that day, and I, she, she threw a fit. I've never seen anything like that in my life. She went over to the sink, got some cold water, and threw it on her. Stopped the fit right there. <laughs> Philippians 1.27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that when I come and see you, or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit and one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Gospel, gospel, that I see you. Listen to this. Only be sure, citizens, so to conduct, your, conduct yourselves that your manner of life will be worthy of the good news of the gospel of Christ. So whether I do come and see you or am absent, I may hear this of you, that you are standing firm in united spirit and purpose, striving side by side, contending with a single mind for the faith of the glad tidings of the gospel. Hallelujah. And then he goes on here and says, And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents. 
Listen, church, this is something you're going to have to do. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal to them of their impending destruction, but a sure token of evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Hallelujah. For you have been granted the privilege for Christ's sake, not only to believe, to adhere to, rely on and trust in him, but also to suffer on his, his behalf. Here he's telling us, do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponent and adversaries. Do not at all be intimidated. That's one thing I learned in the beginning of this thing. Do not let people intimidate you. You can't. You just have to shut back your shoulders and press on. Press on. Thank God. In this um, 127-4176 in your concordance, behave and live as citizens, good lifestyle. Was Jesus ever intimidated? Never. Never. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and he has quickened our mortal bodies. And so when, when intimidation or fear or whatever tries to come upon you, you rise up and say, I do not receive that and go forth in the power and might of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's powerful. First Peter 5, 9. Okay, maybe I will get done with this. Be steadfast. Hope you're getting something out of this today. Because so many things we allow. I think about Paul, the time they put him in jail and, and they found out what kind of citizen he was and so they very quietly wanted to come down there and let him out and have him just, why don't just toddle on out of here. He said, no. I'm going to paraphrase this. I want a public apology from you. You make it right. Paul was a very strong personality. Devils trembled. He was not a pushover. I mean, there's a way to do this, and, and you don't have to be... People can do it in the natural, and they can do it in the spirit realm. The enemy knows you. He knows if he can get one over on you by your actions, by your words, by your deeds. So you've got to build yourself up in the most holy faith and become strong. Become str right, now, right now in this hour that we live in, we must become strong in the things of God. We need to act like Jesus. We need to be bold as a lion in circumstances and situations, no matter what anybody says about us. If we know what we're doing is right, then we've got to press on to that mark of high calling. God will protect you.
Amen. Okay, First Peter, did I do it yet? Five nine. Whom resisted steadfast. Well, let's move up a little bit. Humble yourself, verse six. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So we need withstand him, be firm in faith against the onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. My favorite one out of all of those, I think, is determined. Are you determined? I want you to look at some of these. Are you rooted? Are you established? Are you strong? Are you immovable? Are you determined? Knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brethren, brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. You know, one time I was teaching a class and I had people, I was teaching on something and I had people raise their hands who were going through something because I at the time was counseling several people and I knew they were going through situations and circumstances. This was years ago, so don't even try to even figure it out. Might not have even been in this church, so don't even try to go there. And who was it? The hands all started raising. The people looked around and they were like, wow, other people are going through this also. It's not just me. What the enemy tries to do is get you in a corner and tell you, it's only you. You're the only one going through this. The rest of the people are perfect. He is the father of lies. Remember that. Amen. Father of lies and Beelzebub, the father of flies. Okay. Um, 2 Peter 3.17. <laughs> Yet therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall into your own, fall from your own steadfastness. Let me warn you, therefore, beloved, that knowing these things beforehand, you should be on your guard, lest you be carried away by error of lawlessness and wicked persons and fall from your own present firm condition, your own steadfastness of mind. Hallelujah. I'll be honest with you, I don't allow myself to get in Bible studies with, this, with those that don't agree with me because they don't believe what I believe because they're going to fight with you and then you're going to have a lot of confusion. I shared with you before about a group of people that wanted to have ministers' wives that wanted to have a prayer meeting. And I got, I said, that's fine, I'll go try it. I got to the prayer meeting and they were all into dream interpretation. And I'm like, oh brother. And so they were all trying to interpret each other's dreams. That's no prayer meeting. So I was out of there, I just said, it's not for me, okay? But, you know, they were getting so sucked up into this stuff, I was like, that's not even along with the word. 
so I don't, I don't allow myself to be drawn into things that, you know, it sounds good. You know, we're having a Bible study, but if, if, it's, if, it, if they don't believe what you believe, and you try to go in there and press your way into their beliefs, it's not going to work, and you're just going to get frustrated. I don't know who this is for. It's for somebody here. Okay, we're going to go here and, and um, John 17, 9. I know there's many of you out there, almost all of you, that are believing for finances. Amen? God wants us to be steadfast in the things that we know right now. And the one way I've found to be, to be steadfast is to confess out of my mouth continually what the Word of God says concerning the situation. Reading, it's good, but you've got to confess it. Okay. John 17, 9. Somebody smile out there. It's like looking at a bunch of, I don't know what. <laughs> Get excited. Being steadfast, you're seeing what blessings are going to come to you if you're steadfast. Amen? Okay, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Wait a minute. I think we got the wrong one here. Hang on. I wrote it down. Is there something around there that says be steadfast to the end? Look at that one. Go to Galatians 9. Thank you, Lord. That's a good scripture, but that's not what we want right now. So, tomorrow, when you have the opportunity to try to become fearful, you're going to remember this sermon in the name of Jesus and stand up in the face of the enemy and say, it's not happening. Amen? And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in act, acting nobly and doing right, for in due time at the Appointed season, we shall reap if we do not loosen or relax our courage and faint. Hallelujah. I want to just turn to, to 
you know, so many people, I've watched this happen to, to Psalms 1. I've watched this happen. They've become, they've lost heart. They've grown weary. And they, they faint. They've just, just given up. And so, and this is the strangest part, that, not strange, but every time, every person I've known that this has happened to, they found out late, well, almost every person, they found out later that the blessing was right around the corner, but they gave up. They allowed the pressure to, to affect them, and they gave up. You know, when, when the tests and the trials become so strong that you cannot, you feel like you cannot take anymore, God says he always makes a way of escape, and it's always through his word, always through his word. And if you'll stay, if you'll stay steadfast, and you'll continue doing what, what the word of God says to do, you, it might take, might take a year, it might take a month, it might take a week, it might take 10 years, but it has to come to pass no matter what, if you will stay steadfast. 10 years, that seems like a long time. Well, look how long Abraham waited. We don't have that long. No, I don't think we do. That's why it has to take place quickly. Hallelujah. That's why the enemy's putting so much pressure right now on the body of Christ to give up. Because he knows. He didn't have a lot of time left. Here we go. Psalms 1.1. Happy, blessed, fortunate, and prosperous and enviable is the man that walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desires are in the word of the Lord and in his word, the precepts and instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. He habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. One way I do this is, I'll take a scripture, say it's Jesus, something Jesus did, and I'll think about it. And I'll think about, let's, let's take the ten lepers, that's, that's a good one. I'll think about the one that came, that came back. What did Jesus say? Where are the rest of them? Remember that? And so, so I, 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 I'll begin to meditate on that and I'll begin to think, I'll begin to stop and think, what, what happened here? Why didn't the rest of them come back? Were they just happy to be healed and not made whole? Were they, was it, was it, were they just, was it just enough not to have to walk around in the dump any longer? Because that's where they lived not have to cry unclean, unclean, so they could get out, of, get out of that situation and become free from that, 
where they no longer had the leprosy, were they willing to go the full, the full, could they see the vision of this is the savior, this is the healer, this is the deliverer, I'm going back to thank him and praise him. And he was made whole. He was not willing to give up until he received from Jesus everything Jesus had to give. Learn from this, church, because so many times we get a portion of the promise and we don't press in for everything that has been promised to us to be fulfilled in that circumstance or situation. Because so many times, and we've all done it, we've accepted a little bit instead of 100%. And so this is what it says here. Don't get involved with these people. But his delight and desires are in the word of the Lord, and in his word, the precepts and instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And he shall be like a tree planted, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Now, I want to tear apart this verse 3, and then we're going to close. If he does all these things, if he habitually meditates, his delight and desires are in the word of the Lord, if he, and precepts, the instructions and teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies. And he shall like a tree firmly planted and tended. You know, we've planted some trees in our yard and some things in our yard. And if you don't tend to them, they wither and die or whatever. But when you tend to something, it, it, in its season, it will become completely fruitful. It'll grow. It'll be exactly what God spoke it to be. Amen? Because I believe every plant I buy is going to be, is, is supposed to grow and be tended and become what it is. I've, we've planted our garden in the backyard to where it comes up every year. It might die back, but it's going to come up every year. Amen? But it took a lot of work to get it to this place. So firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Why is it ready? Because it has been, it has delighted its and desires in the word of the Lord, his precepts and instructions and teaching, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and night. He has prepared himself, prepared himself. 
He has become steadfast, immovable. And because of this, when, when the season comes for the, for the fruit to come forth, to, to bear fruit, it will be perfect fruit, blessed fruit. It's leave in its, in its season. It says, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season, and its leaves shall not fade or wither, and everything, everything he does, everything he does. There's a place where in God, that as we become steadfast in his word and are preparing ourselves, everything we do shall prosper and come to maturity. Do you want that? Now is the time to be building yourself Preparing yourself for perfection. That's where the 30, 60, and 100 fold come in here. You want 30? You want 60? You want 100 fold? Well, to me, let's go for the 100. You can have any, but let's go for the 100. Amen? So I leave you this, with this today as we close. Go and ask God areas where maybe you haven't been steadfast, where you need to, to change some areas. Men, if you're here, you should be the head of your family. You might need to make some changes in the home. Because this makes some people mad, and I realize we're going on air here. Not every man is the spiritual head of his family. I hate to say this. Whoever is more spiritual is the head of that family. And I've heard, I've had men try to ram that down my throat, and they're about as spiritual as a, as a muskrat. I'm the head. Oh, yeah? Tell me about it. What do you know about the word? What are you doing in that home? You understand what I'm saying? But right now is the time where preparation, as you prepare and you become steadfast, God is moving and he's, he is causing your season to come forth. And that season is right around the corner. It could be tomorrow. my Bible says that there's a lot of things that are going to, that are going to, blessings that are going to come before he comes. So are you preparing yourself for that right now? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the privilege that we have to hear your word today. And I, my prayer is that this word, this seed, will not go It will not be stolen. That there are parts that will stay. I believe everything's going to stay. That's my prayer. But there are certain things that, that you will bring back to each individual in the circumstances and situations that they're in right now. 
and for the promises to be fulfilled in the coming, upcoming days as they remain steadfast, immovable, and allow the Spirit of God to move in their behalf and to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal areas that they need to become more steadfast in and areas that need to be changed so they can receive the hundredfold because there's a 30, 60, and 100 and we're going after the hundred. And so Father, my prayer is that you bless each one in the sound of my voice as they hear this super abundantly above all that they could dare ask or think and yet they're willing to do what they need to do to cause this to come to pass. Meditate in the word day and night and then they shall make their way prosperous and they shall have good success. And so Father, I just ask for your blessings upon each person today and this week. I'm asking God that supernatural things take place, unexpected things begin to, monies and promotions and blessings where things look so negative shall be in a moment turned to positive, turned to a blessing, turned to into prosperity, into their hands. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to stay in and worship for a while, Heather can put on a tape. That would be good. <clears throat>